Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to the Fire in the Valley Show. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we are joined by the Catherine Havey. Good afternoon. It is afternoon, I believe. Yes, it is afternoon in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show. Great to have you on, Catherine. Great to have Thank you on. Good to be here. So tell us, who are you? What do you do? And well, we know you're from Los Angeles. So is that where you're originally from as well? No, I'm from Springfield, Illinois. Um, but who am I? Good question. I am a lot of things. I am professionally a retired nurse. I actually just retired last week. So that's very exciting. Congratulations, I, if that's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big step for me. So very exciting time. Um, but really what I'm all about is transformation. I am a transformative spiritual coach. I, in my nursing career, developed some pretty severe anxiety and depression and insomnia and, and all that really fun, good stuff. Um, I followed my intuition. I left the bedside and I went, just dove headfirst into my own healing. And I healed my anxiety. I healed my depression. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what I'm actually meant to do. This is my true calling. You know, a lot of nurses are healers. We have this calling to help and to heal. And I had never really felt like I was actually healing anyone in the hospital. And it was really kind of, um, uh, what's the word, Dis disillusioning um, and, and unfulfilling. So now in my role, I feel like I have finally actualized my true desire to heal and help and really just help people have amazing, full, fulfilled, peaceful, happy lives. Wow. That's, that's quite the journey. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to getting into this. Yeah. So tell us first of all, yeah. what, what does transformation mean to you there, Catherine? Transformation. Ooh, what does transformation mean to me? Uh, I mean, transformation is, is the most beautiful thing in life. Transformation is going from what you thought life was from your glass ceilings, your limited views, your limited perspectives. And I mean, it, it's the caterpillar into the butterfly. It's moving into like, wow, I didn't know it could be this good. Wow. Sounds like almost it's, it's another level, right? It's another yeah, almost it is. part that you almost didn't think was possible. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, it's leveling up. You know, I call it leveling up. I call it evolving, transforming. And just by definition, I think when you are in that space, I know certainly for myself, when I was experiencing like strong anxiety and depression and insomnia, 
and GI issues, it's like, you don't really know that it can be better, or maybe you have a sense that it, it can be, but you don't know how to get there. And you think, well, that's not really for me. This, you know, the sense that like peace and happiness is an exclusive club. Only some people are meant for it. And once you realize that all of those are just complete misunderstandings, life becomes so much freer. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned their anxiety, you mentioned their depression and is that for you, are they symptoms as opposed to causes? And if, if they weren't causes, are you clear what caused yeah. that? Yeah, well, they are symptoms. And this is, a, this is something that I think Western medicine really gets confused, is that anxiety is not in its own in like a mental illness or an illness. Depression in its own right is not, um, you know, I don't want to step in on many toes here, but I don't, I believe that it's not something that is intrinsic or inherent to you. It's, it's a symptom of a much deeper dysfunction. It's a symptom of not, not being in alignment with your highest self, with your true self. It's, and oftentimes what I really find with my clients is that people that are drawn to me, people with anxiety, depression are really very energetically sensitive people. They're empaths or empathic. And that's different from empathetic, which we can talk about separately if, if that's interesting to get into. Um, but it's like, you know, we, life is, um, life is hard and we're not taught how to navigate our emotional landscapes and how to navigate these, um, these different things that happen in life, these trauma, these wounds, we don't know how to take them and change the narrative and use them as accelerants to our next highest version. We're taught that, um, you know, to suppress it, to don't feel your emotions, to don't feel the things that happen. Like if you're not happy, that's, that's, <laughs> you know, don't tell anyone, you know, it's just like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Like we put these labels on, on these moods and it's this un unsaid or unspoken thing that, um, a bad mood or anxiety or depression isn't okay. It's not okay to have these things. You shouldn't have these things. If you do, um, deal with it on your own, but don't let it affect your life. And it's really very isolating. Hmm. Why, why do people not just tell the truth and not go, how are you today? Awful. Thanks. <laughs> you know, we're saying, but we do, we dress it up. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And you, yeah, good. Yeah. You like you say, why, why do we not just tell the truth, get it over and done with? Yeah. I think that is, I mean, I could, we could have like an hour long conversation just about that. Just in really, there's no good reason. There is no good reason. Life would be so much more enjoyable if we could just be like, you know, I'm actually having a real hard time today and then take the time to listen or, or maybe even not listen. I also kind of imagine a world where it's like, 
hey, how are you doing? Or how, how's it going today? And just have it be normalized that it's like, oh, I'm really having a low vibe vibrating day. Like, yeah, I'm like pretty sad or I was, you know, crying earlier. And people say like, all right, well, good on ya. Like, like you're, you got it. Keep moving. You're doing great. And then like, go, go about your day. But it's as soon as someone hears that you're not doing well, it's like, oh no, like, is, are you okay? Or like, Ooh, resistance. Like, I don't want to be like, Ooh, I don't want to take on that, your negativity. And yeah. And I could go into like the labels that we put on, on moods and energies and sensations. And it's, I think that's a whole Pandora's box to go into. No, it surely is. It surely yeah. is. I mean, tell me, so first of all, what, what does, what does fire in the belly mean to you? What does fire in the belly mean to me? Mm. Um, well, probably just in one word, like ambition, motivation. Is that something, do you have fire in the belly? Is it something you've always had? Yeah. Yeah. I have always had, I've never used that phrase before, but I have always known that there was more, more to life, more to what I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Are you clear? Well, now are you where you're supposed to be? And do you you know where you're going? I I feel very aligned. Mm-hmm. I feel very aligned with my, with my calling, with my purpose, very happy with where I am in my life. And that's, I couldn't have said that even just a couple years ago, I really didn't have a clear vision of what I wanted for myself. And I didn't know, I didn't know what, what was in store. I didn't know how to get out of my anxious, incessant thinking. I didn't know how to feel better. What, what changed? What, what sort of made it happen for you? Well, what, what actually changed (laughs) on a physical level was that I got fired from the hospital I was working at. So I was a travel nurse, which means that I would go to different hospitals in the U S for three or four months at a time and fill a need, a temporary need that they have. And I took a nursing contract out in Los Angeles where I live now. And I had never had an experience like this before. I had never had a hospital that I did not fit in at every hospital I'd ever been at had offered me a full-time position. They wanted me to extend my contract, et cetera, et cetera. This place did not, did not like me. I, I I have no explanation for it, except that it was divine intervention, which I truly believe that it was. So I was only probably a month into my four month contract. I had just moved. I just broken up with my boyfriend, moved across the country to take this job, mind you, which was not an easy feat to do. And Los Angeles is expensive. My rent was three times what it ever had been. So (laughs) I really, I really needed this, this job. I, at least that's what I thought. So I'm laying in bed one night. It's 11 PM. I can't fall asleep. 
for some reason, this was one of the only nights where I did not drug myself to sleep. I usually would take like Ambien and Xanax just to fall asleep. Like that is how bad my insomnia, my anxiety was for some reason I didn't take that that night. And my phone was ringing 11 o'clock. I'm like, who the hell is calling me at 11 o'clock on like a Monday night? And it's some weird number from uh, somewhere across the country. For some reason I answered it which I usually would never have done. And it was my recruiter calling me to tell me that my contract had been canceled, which is polite, a polite way to say that you have been fired. And immediately I'm feeling like embarrassed. I'm going into like my fight or flight mode. I, I also call it like high alert mode. I'm, um, I'm, I'm defensive. I'm like, what do you mean? I've been fired. I didn't do anything wrong. And, and, uh, and so she's reading the email to me of, and they listed like all of these reasons. And as she's reading the email to me, I just start laughing. I'm literally laughing. This woman probably thinks I'm crazy. She's like, I'm telling this person that they've just been fired. And now she's laughing on the phone with me. And it was this moment that I was like, I, this is so bizarre that I am, I'm throwing up my flag. Like I'm putting my hands up. I'm, I'm waving my white flag. Like I surrender to whatever life has in store for me right now. Obviously this is divine intervention because this makes no sense otherwise. And we hung up the phone. I ran into my roommate's room who I had only known for a few weeks at that point. And I jumped on her bed and I'm smiling ear to ear. And I wake her up and I said, Lauren, I just got fired. And she looks at me like, what? <laughs> Why? Like, is this a good thing? I'm so confused. So I never went back to the hospital after that. I never stepped foot back in a hospital. I dove headfirst into my healing. I took this as a gift from the universe. And I just for the next two, three years, I, I healed myself. I mean, sometimes that looked like a book or a podcast or a moment of like a download and insight. I also worked with a coach. I worked with a healer. I sought out every form of healing that felt interesting for me to explore. And I, I did it. I figured it out. I learned what, what happiness peace is really about. And I was like, okay, other people need to know this. Other people need to be able to do this for themselves. But, you know, I'm single. I don't have any kids. I have a, you know, I was still working as a nurse, but I was doing home health. And that's a very, um, a very spacious career that I was able to have because I 
you know, had this background in nursing, I could set my own schedule. So I had a lot of freedom and spaciousness in my life to make this a reality. And I realized that not everybody has that kind of spaciousness in their life to dedicate two or three years to themselves. So I put everything that I learned into a four month course, which I now use in my coaching packages. Um, it's also available just self-study. It's called creating peace. And really it's, it's a whole spiritual personal transformation. It's not just for someone with anxiety. It's not just for someone with depression. It's for someone who is ambitious, who has fire in the belly, who wants to transform, who's ready to do the inner work and like wants to create a life of peace for themselves. How long had anxiety and depression been in your life? Because I mean, that's, it's awesome, first of all, to recognize it and, and well done you for, for taking the time to really go through it. But I mean, and these are debilitating things for people really, aren't they? I mean, the insomnia, especially, yeah. and all the, all the symptoms are all, all hard things to deal with and, and to, and to try and, um, resolve. Yeah. For me, my anxiety really became a, a problem. Cause like there's a spectrum. Anxiety is a normal human emotion. And there is a spectrum to the severity. The point where it got severe for me was in nursing school. And particularly when I was a new graduate nurse, I don't know how the healthcare system is where you are in Ireland, but in the U S nursing is chronically understaffed. Patients are very, very sick. I was working in a, a city hospital, which is to say like low socioeconomic, a lot of um, people experiencing homelessness, a lot of drug related things, um, just a, a difficult group of, of patients to work with. And my anxiety really just like soared um, after I became a nurse, but I have had the experience of anxiety multiple times in my life, but like all things, it is about when does it become a, a problem? Is it, is it some, have you, you know, as, as a, you know, sort of mini Catherine, I mean, as a child, I mean, is it something you saw or were you sort of, you know, as a child able to just be yourself, you know, as you are now really? Yeah. As a child, I, was probably like had a similar experience to all children. I, I had certainly some traumas early on in my life that really impacted, um, and continue to impact me, but I was not, I was not like, you know, seven, eight, 10, 12 years old with severe anxiety. Yeah. It's so what did, what did Minnie Catherine want to do when she initially grew up? What was the original plan? Well, she wanted to be a nurse <laughs> like her mom. Right. Okay. So uh, I actually, I have a journal entry from when I was about eight or nine years old that says, I know what I want to do with my life. <laughs> I want to be a nurse. <laughs> Isn't that so cute? <laughs> 
Well, that is great. And obviously it's, it's something your mother did as well. What's it, what sort of nurse was your mother? She worked in a, she was a telehealth nurse and she worked as a clinic manager, I believe, at different points in her career, but she passed early on in my life. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. That's, was that an inspiration for you then? I mean, was, is that what inspired you originally from your, you know, into your nursing area? There's probably been some idolization of, of my mom, I'm sure. And it is, my mom was someone who even 22 years, which it has been 22 years now after her passing, people are still seeing her praises. She uh, was an angel on earth, apparently, and touched many people's lives very deeply. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful memory to have, right? Beautiful legacy yeah, to leave. Yeah, yeah, it is a beautiful role model. So, I mean, for you, for school, how was school for you? Is it something were you running into school or running out of school? What was your direction of travel? Do you mean, did I enjoy school? Yeah. Did you enjoy school? Was yeah, I loved school. Yeah, I loved school. I love learning. I really thrive as a student in a learning environment. Even, I mean, I just, I seek out learning in all areas of my life still. And I, yeah, I really liked school. I am definitely an advocate for school. Nursing school in particularly was very challenging. It did, um, I really had to develop some serious um, study habits and a tenacity that I had not previously had, which along with that, whenever we have these kinds of things in our life, we do later on have to unlearn the things that we've previously learned. So for example, something that is a more recent lesson that I have had to unravel for myself is that I hard work I, I hard work does not equal success. It, it can equal success, but it I don't have to work hard to be happy or to be successful. And then it's also like, well, what does even success mean to you? But that's a whole nother conversation. Because in nursing school, it was a very clear correlation between hard work directly. How many hours are you putting in studying? How hard are you digging into the material? How much effort are you putting forth? Very much this external energy and how well you did in school. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. And that's how it is in a lot of, uh, I think probably in school in general, and also in a lot of careers. So I had to unlearn that I don't have to stress myself out and be like 10 out of 10, um, anxiety and overworking and, you know, overwhelmed to be happy, successful, et cetera. It's fascinating to know why people go into their careers, isn't it? You know, because for some it's to be of service or their perception or what's going on, you know, and I mean, how long 
you know, when you sort of went into nursing, I mean, is it something that felt right from the beginning or what was your sort of perception? To be honest, no, it didn't. It felt, I, I very distinctly remember a moment in nursing school where I was like, this is not what I thought this was. And but, you know, I'm already like two years into a four year program. I've already spent like $40,000 because school here is very, 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 very expensive. And, um, I was like, well, this, this is just what we're, what we're doing. I, I never wanted to do anything else. That was also kind of the problem is that nothing else was, or what I perceived as the problem at the time was that nothing else called to me except nursing, but nursing was not what I thought it was. So I always knew that nursing was not the end goal that I would someday, some where in some capacity be evolving out of the beds, at least the bedside nursing role. I used to think I would become a nurse practitioner, but obviously we didn't take that path. I mean, is, are you, you know, do you think it's to be of service? Is it the connection to people? You know, are you, do you know why you initially went that way? Well, I believe that it's what I agreed to before I came here in this incarnation, in this life. I think we, we agree to these things before we come. And that is what, you know, finding your calling or finding your purpose really is. And it's less about a finding and more about a listening because we all have our inner knowing we all know what makes us feel expansive and light rather than contracted and tense. And that is your purpose. That is your calling. That is your next most intelligent step. Have you been here many times before? Have I done what? Been here many times before. Oh, have I been here many times before? I would say probably so. That's interesting. So you're saying, I mean, I just, is perception there, you know, obviously you're, you know, coming here with a purpose because you mentioned earlier having a calling and that purpose. I mean, are you clear now what your calling and purpose is and, and, you know, your life's purpose? I never make assumptions about what I will or won't do in the future, because I believe that our intuition, which I use as my guide your intuition can only ever come right now in this moment. You only know what your next most intelligent step is in this moment. So I don't know what my future will, will look like. I know that right now I feel very aligned with the work that I'm doing, working one-on-one with clients and helping them transform their lives and create peace I imagine that I will probably evolve in in some way from this place, but I know as long as I am following my next most intelligent step, then I'm doing the right thing. Well, uh, is that, I mean, you know, obviously it's something, you know, your intuitive sense. I mean, are, are you, 
I mean, are you very intuitive to what's going on around you and yourself? Do you you find yourself energetically aware of of your surroundings and your overall feelings? Definitely. Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) I used to mistake my um, energetic attunement or sensitivity as kind of like a, a bipolarness. I used to, I used to actually be like concerned that I had a problem because I would be up and I would be down and I would be sad and I would be happy. And like, it would, I really didn't have like control over it. I was really just at the mercy of whatever or whoever was deciding my mood for me. Um, and not whoever as in a person, but just like, you know, what, whatever was happening. But now I realize it's because I am sensitive in that way. And I think about it. I I love speaking in metaphors. So I think about um, energetic wounds as like physical wounds. If you have a physical wound, you are more susceptible to infection. We have bacteria right all over us in the environment on our skin And if that bacteria makes its way into a wound, it can grow, multiply. Now you have an infection. Now you got a big problem. It's the same thing with energetic wounds. With an energetic wound, you are opening yourself up to the quote unquote bacteria of the energetic world. And that's how you become susceptible to these low vibing um, frequencies, these low vibing emotions. You're just like, they're just latching on to you from maybe it's from someone you had a conversation with. Maybe you went to the gas station and, and you happened to pick something up. Something was just floating in the ethers there. But when we do our spiritual work, just like healing the physical body, you have to put in work. You have to do wound care. You have to eat, right? You have to heal your body. Same thing with your spiritual body, your energetic body. You have to put in the work. You have to take care of yourself. You, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing healing process. But, but as you're evolving, as you're leveling up and healing, you're no longer susceptible to those low vibing frequencies like you used to be. It's interesting because, I mean, take us on through then because now, I mean, you started this very start saying, you know, it's for you, it's about transformation and, you know, a spiritual coach. So then talk to me about what a spiritual coach is or does and, you know, what are, what does it do for people? I named myself spiritual coach. The transformative portion is from, because I have a a coaching, a transformative nurse coaching certification. So the spiritual portion, the reason I gave myself that title was because spirituality is my life. That is every moment of my life. And the way that I work with clients is with a a spiritual, integrated, holistic, whole view, body, mind, spirit approach. And I think that is different than a lot of coaches and just a lot of people in general, 
So that is why I chose to make that distinction. Um, but what was your second question? Well, just in terms of, you know, the, the methods or the, you know, a spiritual coach in terms of. Yeah. So like, what does that actually look like? Mm, Yeah. Yes. So it comes in a lot of different ways. It's really in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it can't be separated from my from the coaching experience. It just, it it is the whole thing for me. So I'm giving high level, high minded perspectives. I were, there's five levels that I work with clients on somatic, emotional mindset or mental behavioral and unconscious. My course is it it's a little easier to describe specifically the spiritual aspects when i if i'm describing my course so the first couple modules is just about the mind disidentifying from the ego understanding the ego being able to tell your higher self from the ego presence um meditation breath work, something that I, I call magic morning. So setting yourself up for the day, like grounding yourself in spirit in um, in peace that can be done in, in many different ways. My favorite, what I do is an hour of yoga and an hour of meditation, but certainly, you know, other people have their own ways that they like to have a magic morning and, and set themselves up for resiliency for the day. But it it goes beyond that to surrender and acceptance and dissolving grievances and dissolving judgments, self-judgments, balancing your life, balancing the divine feminine, feminine, the divine masculine, learning to like developing a relationship with your intuition, understanding what is my intuition? How does that show up in my body? Um, we go into boundaries, standing in your authentic power. Um, there was one more that I, that I wanted. Oh, a bit, a big one, a huge one with the way that I work with people is emotional mastery, being able to, sometimes I, um, humorously call it like a search and rescue committee. That's what I imagine when I, when I am coaching myself, when I'm healing myself, I imagine it's like a search and rescue committee going and finding these, um, splintered aspects or wounded aspects of myself that need to be brought back home, need to be brought back to love. Well, it's, as you say, it's, it's a, it's a deep journey for people to go on to, you know, and, and enable them, uh, you know, what, I suppose before and after when clients come to you, who do you, who do you tend to attract or who's your, your niche? (laughs) Typical journey. Yeah. I usually attract people who have sought out other help in some way, whether that be therapy or other healers or other coaches even, but have not really had the results that they want, or they've had some results and now they want to level up and, um, accelerate their journey. Usually I attract people with anxiety, 
people with, um, usually not severe depression, but definitely like the emotional lability. Like I was explaining the ups and the downs and, and like just not being able to like stabilize themselves and people who are just interested in doing the work. And they're like, I know that there's something more to, to all of this, to life, to, I know that this isn't my best self and I don't know how to get to my best self, but I know it exists and help me get there. Wow. And, and for you then to be able to see that, I mean, do you tend to, you know, when you're working with clients, is it something you intuitively can pick up within them or are you more of the, the facilitating guiding and let them sort of see for themselves? I do both. Some, I try to have them come to the, the realization on their own, whatever it is in the particular coaching container that we are or conversation that we're having, because it's more powerful if clients come to their own realizations, but I will also just share if I and seeing like, okay, we're kind of going like on a, like on a back road here, like let's bring it back to the main highway. Um, but I, yeah, I do both. I, and it, it, it's a very intuitive process. It's never a coaching conversation is never like I'm following a list of questions. It's like, okay, tell me more about this. And and like, let's explore this area. And okay, is this a newer familiar feeling? And like, so what, what do you make that mean for you? And then we'll sometimes we'll take trips to the past and I'll ask them, is this like, take me back to the first memory when you felt this way. And we'll speak from that. Usually it's like a between six and nine year old version of themselves that developed some kind of misunderstanding, maybe that, um, they have to work hard to get love or that they're not loved or that they're not good enough. And together we, we talk to that aspect, we heal that aspect and we do what is called compassionate self-forgiveness. And it's just, it's such a beautiful process to witness. I truly honestly feel like this work is sacred. This, it is the biggest joy and honor of my life. The forgiveness side, you mean, yeah? All of it, the whole process, the whole process is like taking someone who wasn't able to, um, maybe not wasn't able to, but was, you know, quote unquote lost or stuck or didn't know how to, how to heal, how to feel better and taking them through a process and going through seeing these like aha moments and these realizations and tears. And it's just, it's beautiful. I, I honestly can't even believe that I get paid to do this. That's awesome. I mean, uh, tell me, and, and how has it been received really? I suppose your transition, I mean, has it been an easy transition from nursing over to, you know, to what mm -hmm. you're now doing? Is it something that's felt right? As you say, you, you lent into it. You, it was a, a sign as you talked about. 
Yeah, it has been so well received by everyone in my life, by everyone who follows me on my social accounts. I have received nothing but encouragement. And I think it's just really obvious when someone is about what they're saying, when someone is about it, like whatever it is, just about it. When someone is following their passion and serving the world with their gifts, like you can't help but celebrate them. Hmm. Well, exactly. They're sitting in their passion, right? That's their, their place of, I mean, where, where would be your, your greatest flow place? I mean, where do you, you know, where are you sort of at your prime as, as you, you know, you might say, or delivering at your strongest? Well, I feel like it's when I'm in conversation with my clients. I feel like when we're, when we're in those deep emotional, like really juicy places where it's like, yes, this is where, and I can always tell when we've gotten there because their face might change a little bit and, and, you know, intuitively being in an energetically sensitive person, I can, I can usually feel like something that is kind of like a wave of, of tenderness in my chest. And I'll say something like, like that, that touches you, or I see that's tender. And then it's just like tears from there. And, and I, you know, some people will be shy or embarrassed and with crying. And I say like, if, if you, if you feel like you want to cry, if there are tears, that means you found it. That means you, like you found the treasure chest. Like this is, this is the gold. This is it. I celebrate tears. Tears are just expressions of energy and it usually expressions of energy that have been within us for a very, very, very long time that need to come out. How, I mean, do you, do you have to do sort of self-preservation? Cause obviously when, you know, you're dealing with this and Mm -hmm. different energy levels to yourself and people going through different journeys, different emotions, right. But it's hard not to, to sort of, well, you tell me, how do you protect yourself? Yes my own spiritual practice is the most important thing in my life. That's why I, I have to meditate every day, sometimes multiple times a day. It's not a luxury. It's not, um, just, uh, you know, like just for self care it's for, this is, this is my life if I am not clear within myself, if I am not put doing my own inner work, I mean, just today I was sitting in meditation earlier on my patio and I was heal. I was coaching myself. I was doing this aspect retrieval. I was, I was sending out the search and rescue committee. And I really was, um, I found this aspect of myself that and and I had kind of been feeling like this, this essence, it, it always just kind of comes as like a, a sense or like, just like an offness and in meditation, just that silent, still space you're, you're looking within is when I, um, between that 
or the shower, that's when I always coach myself. I either coach myself when I'm sitting in the shower or when I'm in meditation because <laughs> I love hot water. Um, but today I found this part of myself that was, that felt so alone and sad and like just this, this loneliness, this like, I don't know, I don't know what to do, or I don't, um, I don't want to do this anymore. Kind of like that kind of energy. And I, I talked to her and I, I wrapped her in light and I gave her love and she slowly, it wasn't an immediate turnaround, but she slowly, you know, in, in my mind, in my meditation, she was turned away from me and, um, she slowly would let me get a little closer. And then eventually we're hugging in my mind. And it's like, ah, it feels so good to bring these parts of us back to the whole, back to love. Why, why do the parts exist, do you think? Well, I think they kind of splinter off as we go through life. And for me, I remember in, in my mind, this was like the most vivid. It's not like this is the only time I've ever felt like this, but this was just the moment in my past that was most vivid to me was that I was in a former apartment and this was after I'd graduated college and I didn't, all of my friends moved back home or moved away. So I didn't have any of my friends in my, my city with me anymore. My boyfriend at the time was living in Texas, which is not anywhere near Illinois. Uh, actually I was in Missouri, but still not anywhere near Missouri. And I was working as a nurse. So I, as you know, by now, anxiety, depression, kind of just like a, what, like, what is this all about? What is this all for? And I remember I would spend so much time just laying in my bed, just laying, not doing anything, but just laying. And so that is the, that's, that was where the charge was. That was where I, I had to go back and heal because we developed these misunderstandings. You know, that part of me felt like she was alone, like she was unsupported, like she, you know, she wasn't maybe not necessarily wasn't loved, but the love was not obvious and abundant to her. And it's, that's what it is. It's like, can be like as simple as that. It doesn't have to be a big giant, you know, life alter altering trauma to have something like stick with you. Like these things are nuanced. They're, um, they're just, it's just like a, an offness or just a sense that like something isn't, I'm not feeling completely expansive in light. Like something is there. And what I call um, your divine curriculum is the curriculum that life takes you through 
organically, if you're willing to participate in it, you don't have to participate. No one's going to make you and life isn't going to make you. It's not going to judge you, but it's going to continually give you more and more opportunities. You always new opportunities for healing. So that's really what my whole journey has been just being consciously participating in the curriculum that life is putting before me. Circling back a bit, cause I mean, do you think those sort of core emotions or those core feelings actually, you know, saying almost you came into this life with those already on board and it was, it was I, in some ways I do believe that I, I think there's definitely people and probably myself as well, who like we come to, we come to earth school, which is what some spiritual teachers call earth, earth school. We come to earth school to work out wounds, to work out karma, to learn in tangible, you know, 3d reality in a way that we can't learn otherwise. So I think, yeah, a lot of the things that we, we do come into this life already with certain, maybe not like with wounds, but with a, with a certain curriculum that we know is going to best serve the evolution of our soul. And I, and I think that's highly individualized, highly customized that in the way that shows up is by being present and being open to your intuition into your next most intelligent step and just continually following your lightness or your curiosity. Hmm. I mean, would you say, I mean, in, in some level, obviously maybe not as not necessarily a conscious level, but you know, the, the anxiety, depression, insomnia and all, they served you in some way, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. I believe that all things are here to serve us. I think that even just on the level of like, you know, self-doubt or worry or perfectionism, procrastination, all of these blocks, as I call them, are here because at one point they were helping us. You know, my something that is very like anxiety holds hands with perfectionism and control. They're 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 best friends. And it's like perfectionism, just for an example, in and of itself is not bad. There's a level of excellence to perfectionism and it wants something for you. It has a deeper desire for you. Usually if you like strip all the layers of the onion back, it's very foundational. It wants, these things want you to be safe. These things want you to not feel pain. They want you to be okay. They want you to be happy and et cetera, et cetera. But they just are not very helpful in their approach of how to get there. Mm. And overall, I mean, are you clear overall in terms of your, your core values or your soul values? 
Clearly, yes, you know. I. that is also a part of my course actually is identifying core values and I know what mine are. You want me to tell you? Mm, that'd be good. <laughs> so my core values are fun, spirituality, growth, relationships, and health. Mm. And all of those obviously have a lot of like branches each to them, but those are the overarching categories. That's quite a wide mix there, right? Yeah. Well, you got to remember, I'm, I'm a nurse. I, I also, I love having fun. I love being silly. I'm spiritual. It's like, I am, I feel like I, what I love and who I am kind of encompasses a lot of things that sometimes people think are opposites. What does what does Sally Catherine look like? Well, she's <laughs> you know she likes to laugh and she's funny and um, something as a nurse that I used to do to make my other coworkers laugh is. And this was, you know, there's not a lot that you can do to be silly in that kind of professional role without getting in trouble. But I had these knee high socks <laughs> that they were compression socks actually, but they were fun colors and patterns. And I had my scrubs were jogger style. So you're like tied around the ankles and I would pull my scrubs up to my knees and just walk around with these, uh, with my socks out. And it sounds small. It sounds well, silly, but when you're in that kind of sterile, very like structured and rigid environment, seeing someone with any kind of self-expression is just a level of lightness and levity to the day. I mean, leisure and pleasure for you outside of all this. I mean, what, what does that look like? I love hanging out, with, hanging out with my friends. I do acro yoga, which is so fun for me. Do you know what that is? No. Acro yoga is acrobatic yoga. It's partner yoga. And it is doing different kinds of shapes and movements um, that looks really cool and um it also gives you a great workout so that encompasses health and fun at the same time and it you do what's called like a machine and that's just a series of different movements that creates a continuous loop of you you just keep doing the same movements and it feeds into each other and it, yeah, look up acro yoga. You'll see a bunch of people doing like crazy stuff in the air. Very fun. Um, it was one of those things I can just about reach down to touch my uh, toes to time with shoelaces, you know. So uh, <laughs> yoga is always, always a fun challenge for me, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love yoga. I could talk forever just on yeah, I didn't used to love just regular yoga, but regular yoga, I, I think, is so so beneficial i mean it's for me it hits almost all of my categories depending if i'm doing it by myself or in a group it can also be relationships but it's health it's fun it's spirituality 
its growth and its relationships sometimes. Hmm. Well, it's all, yeah. What, what for you then? I mean, I just, just curious, how do you, how do you test your, your, you know, talking about your core values there, how do you test them? You know, how do you make sure that they're genuine and they're not sort of, um, catering for a void? Yes, that is actually a really good question because I'll, I have to make this distinction in my course on that module where I'm, this is a part of the curriculum is that core values, like when you're selecting your core values, I have this like giant uh, list of all of these, all of different possible core values. And the practice is, well, first you just go down the list and you just highlight everything that looks interesting to you. But you have to do it not from a place of what you want or what you feel like you should enjoy. For example, I had a client who um, kept highlighting things that had to do with like service and like volunteering and, and which is, you know, beautiful. But when it came down to it, it was like that was coming from guilt and like I should be volunteering and serving my community, etc. more. So it has to, it's just, it has to be come from, uh, like none of these things are, are good or good or bad. It's just what it is good or bad or is like, or just labels. It's human labels and words are so limiting. So when you're selecting these things, if any of your listeners are trying to figure out their, their core values, it's like, this isn't to judge your values. This isn't to judge anything about you. This is just a way to understand your own self more in a way to do a, um, so this is part of my balance module. Cause when you are out of balance with one of your core values, it like you, it doesn't feel good. You feel off when I, don't have enough fun or levity and lightness and silliness in my life. I don't feel good. I'm not operating at my 10. So it's a, it's using these as kind of like a reference point. And, and that's all that it is. They're not good. They're not bad. It's just what it is. Hmm. Uh, and on, I suppose, further on from that, I mean, how do you tell the difference between fate versus free will? Hmm. Fate versus free will. Much of this is, is pre predestined. Yeah, that's a it's a very interesting topic, and I think it can be argued any which way. For me. I, I do believe that we have free will yet. I also believe that time, the way that we experience time here on earth is very limited and obviously linear. I do believe that there is a higher reality where there is no time where that we can't really even, um, comprehend but you do hear things like this um, when people have had near-death experiences or 
have gone deep into meditation, that time, this is a very common experience that time doesn't exist. No concept of time. Everything is happening right now, which doesn't make sense in human languaging, but supposedly it's true. So I think that there is a reality when, where we already, every decision that we're going to make has already been made. Um, but I still, I think that we, we still get, we have the power. I think saying that we don't have free will is a very kind of, um, maybe, maybe victim, maybe not victim, but just like this kind of surrendered way of looking at life, but not surrendered in like the high vibrating kind of sense surrendered. And like, I'm not going to be an active participant in my life. And that kind of goes hand in hand with like taking responsibility, something that is the very first agreement that I have my clients read and sign is something to the effect of, I agree to take 100% responsibility for myself, for my life, for my own inner environment, knowing that this is an authentically powerful position to take because we can't change anything that we don't own. So I think we have free will. And how much for you... You know, when you're talking to clients or seeing other people, I mean, what is it sometimes that you, you sometimes really want to say, but either can't or it's not your place? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to like shake them. <laughs> and not even just clients. Usually my clients do like they're open to my insights. Of course, I always ask permission. Like, can I share you know, this reflection, or can I reflect back to you what I'm hearing? But people in my life, even some of my, no, not some, all of my best friends, all of the people who are closest to me, sometimes they, you know, they're calling me, they're like going through troubles there, which is fine and beautiful. I love being of service to, especially to people I love, but it's like, you're calling me about like, it's same content, different form. Like this is the same shit we talked about last week and the week before that and the week and the month before that and the year before that. It's like, I just want to shake them, like slap them, like, wake up, come on. Like, this is the same shit you, you gotta, you gotta get back on. I was talking to my, my best friend who was having a real low vibe day the other day. And I was like, you gotta get back on your queen shit. Like, this is not you like, come on. You gotta be in your spiritual practice. You gotta be in your meditation. You gotta be an active participant in your life, like you are meant for so much more than this. Like I see, I have this superpower of seeing people's full highest expression of themselves, fullest potential for themselves. But it's like, you can't, you have to be really careful of how you share that because that can come across or that someone can take that very defensively saying that like, oh, well, I'm not good enough where I am. Well, I've already done so much of my own work. And now you're saying that it's not enough. And it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. 
I'm calling you forward because I see everything that you can be. And I just want to like wake you up. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Some, and it's impossible to know who can take it and who can't. Sometimes, I you know. know. <laughs> I literally made that mistake this weekend <laughs> with my friend that I went on a camping trip with. And I said to him, you got to level up. And he was like, what do you mean? <laughs> he didn't take it super, um, super well. And I was like, ah, crap. I said that. Like I, I'm hearing as I'm saying the words, I'm trying to like circle back and make this sound more, you know, palatable for him. And I'm just like, man, it was so much more loving and expansive and high vibrating in my mind. And as soon as I put words to it, it just like immediately loses its value. Oftentimes I find that to be the case. It's very easy to be misunderstood um, and misconstrued in the work that I'm in because people only hear you from the level that they're at. I mean, generally, do people get you? Um, people get parts. People will will understand in like generalizations but there's actually only one, at least spiritually, there's only one person that I have felt really seen by. And that is, that was my old roommate, coincidentally, the one that I ran into her room when I um, got fired. She was the person who woke me up spiritually. She's the one who shook me and actually she didn't shake me at all. She didn't even try to do anything, but she led by example. And I, she taught me so much and I'm so thankful for, um, having been the universe, having like orchestrated this perfectly that right at this time in my life where I was so vulnerable to, but like vulnerable in a good way, like open to exploring, um, this aspect of myself and she was there and I would just be asking her questions. Like I, I would have like a shared notes document on my phone that like, I would just think of a question. And I'd be like, okay, so what about this? And okay, so what about this? And I was so interested in it all. And I, I did feel really seen and heard by her because she had gone through, um, her own, obviously spiritual journey as well at that point. But in general, um, no, I don't think people understand me to the level that, um, well, that I understand myself, I guess. It's always tough, isn't it? Because especially, well, it can be tough, sorry. I'm not, I don't mean to generalize there or to, to, to taint, but it's, you know, especially when you focus and you spend that amount of dedicated time on yourself, you know, understanding yourself in such a way and, and your understanding your depth of understanding and, and uh, awareness, etc. So it can yeah. be it can be challenging then to come and meet someone on a different vibe. It, it is it, it, it definitely can be it definitely can be I 
something about being on a conscious spiritual path is that, and I'm like, that's kind of just the way that it goes. Most of the world does not have this higher consciousness realized in their life, but like, that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm doing the work that I am doing because it, it is so important. And And I guess even in a way, this just dropped into my awareness. It's like everyone has their own story about us. No one can ever truly know us or be upset with us or be happy with us. It's it's always about their their story of us. So I think on that level, it's like, well, can anybody really ever be completely understood by another person. I, I don't know. Um, but it's also like, do I need, is, is that something I need? Because what is really the important thing to me, the important thing is being in conscious oneness and love, not being in love, but literally being in love, being in a container of love with an, another person and to to give, to just, to just give love and, and lead in that way. And, and, um, I think the story that, that aspect of myself that I just was telling you about that I had to heal that I was healing today, that was a big thing that she felt like she felt like she was alone and that she was, she was misunderstood. And, truly we're never alone. And I imagined in, in in my meditation, all of my ancestors and my spirit guides and angels, like all having their hands up and supporting me and in guiding me. And, um, and I felt so loved and I felt so seen and heard. And that's just as valid and even more real to me in many ways than someone in an earthly body understanding or hearing or seeing me. I think it's, is it a lifetime's work? I mean, to actually really sort of have those continuous moments of enlightenment, those moments of awareness, those, those unpackaging, if you like. Yes. Transformation is always an ongoing process. This is something I say about meditation, but really this is about, um, the whole spiritual journey as, as a whole, it's that it's all journey and no destination. You don't ever just get to a point where you are like, I'm done. Like, this is it. I like, I made it there. It's just like you're going to the gym when you are on your, you know, on your, uh, on your nutrition and on your workout regimen and you are like in peak physical condition. You don't just get to your peak physical condition and you're like, sweet. I'm never working out again. I did it. I'm here to stay like, okay, well try going back to your old habits or not going to the gym for a month and your muscles are going to atrophy and you're going to regress. 
you're, you don't just stay where you are. And I think in a lot of ways that is just like the spiritual path. It is always about like, yes, there is a, a a part where you're not really healing the past anymore, but you're healing the present, you know, things still happen in life in the present moment, we still develop misunderstandings or we still go through, um, you know, pain and traumas. And there's always a next level. There's always a next most intelligent step, I believe. Well, what is out there for you then? What is the next level? Do you know? Right now, currently in my life, my next level is being now that I am retired officially from nursing and that this is my full-time 100% both feet in situation that I have the space to be in my spiritual practice even stronger. So this week I've been implementing a daily, well, the the main goal is a daily one hour meditation practice. Hopefully not hopefully, but eventually I do see that even expanding beyond that meditation is even for me, something that I have, my ego will like get me to do everything else in the house before I can sit down and meditate. It's like, Oh, but there's a dish in the sink. Oh, but why don't you uh, go do something in the bedroom? Go make your bed, go feed the cast. It's like, sometimes I just have to sit just like, okay, I'm sitting down. Like, I don't care what I have to do. Just sit down, just sit my ass down. (laughs) So I'm really excited to have this spaciousness in my life now to be able to really dedicate myself to my spiritual practices in a way that I have not previously done. Have you any concept where it's going to go? I imagine that I will continue to uh, just be happy and at peace and aligned and high vibrating. I mean, that's, that's all I want. I, I think that's all I, I ever really, um, strive towards is just being closer and closer to who I truly am. And that's who we all truly are. This is not special or exclusive to me our true self is your, your, your happiest, most expansive, most fulfilled, most peaceful self that is intrinsic to your soul. That is intrinsic to your higher self. So just actually continuing to actualize that part of me Hmm. and make that the, the, the one who's driving the bus. It's powerful, isn't it? It just, yeah, to be able to sort of have that sense of self, mm-hmm. you know, and, and knowing that it's all destined to happen and, you know, what will happen. It's somewhere between it, what will be, will be, but also 
certain things are destined and certain aspects of the journey are there for you to to lead and live to yeah i believe that in life we get to we get to write our own narrative that's not saying that we get to choose the things that we experience because oftentimes we don't but we get to decide what we make that mean for us and how we will use that either to serve our evolution or to not. And that's such a, a authentically powerful position to take knowing that no matter what happens in my life, no matter what I experience, I get to decide how I hold it. Am I holding it like with this grip and like this intensity and this tension, or am I dropping my shoulders? Am I opening my, my palms? Am I holding it lighter? It's like, it's all, it's all just the journey. It's all just learning and it's all good. Yeah. So you, you, you talked about you're a bit of a water soul. Where, where, what does leisure, leisure look? You were saying that, well, you were saying about the shower, you know, it's always that moment, you know, what does leisure and pleasure look like for Catherine? Um, well, besides the, like the yoga, the acro yoga stuff, mm. let's see. Well, I love, I, I spend a lot of my time um, by myself and that is by choice. <laughs> a lot of the time I'm reading, I'm reading books, mostly like my favorite authors, Eckhart Tolle, Marianne Williamson. Um, I smoke, I don't know how Ireland is with weed, but in California, it's very legal, very normal. And I use weed as a spiritual tool to, um, to kind of bypass. I think of it as it's kind of like, kind of like a shortcut or like a bypass from the fog and the heaviness of the day or whatever is going on and, um, gives me a new perspective. And, um, I love dancing. I love being with my friends. I don't really go out that much because I'm sensitive energetically and it's really exhausting to be around big crowds of people. Um, but yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much what I do. I like shopping. We haven't got for, you know, from the, from the cannabis side, you know, we, we haven't, we haven't got that far here yet. You know, it's still, really? yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Well, you tell me, how, how has it been received? Because it's been legalized there for a couple of years now, isn't it? Yeah, probably like five years or so it's been legal here. And yeah, you can just like have it delivered to your house. Like you just order online and it's just delivered to your house. Like, <laughs> like takeout <laughs> or something. Um, I, I've never had any... Um, like, I don't know if you call it backlash or 
or judgment, at least not to my face about it. I'm very open on my social media about um, partaking, about smoking. And I, yeah, I pretty much just receive, I pretty much only receive praise about it because I, I think because of who I am in the role that I am showing up in as this um, kind of spiritual teacher, if you will, and in presenting marijuana in a way that is not often, um, often seen is like this higher level, elegant way of, um, I've been called a, an elegant stoner before, (laughs) or, um, what's another one elegant or like sophisticated or, and I, I like that. I think it's funny, but really what it is for me is it's just a tool like any other kind of tool that you would use to deepen your spiritual practice. Really? Like if you haven't caught on earlier when I said like spirituality is my whole life, it's literally my whole life. It's all I'm thinking about at all times is, is, um, just being in oneness with God and with life and with love. And there's a lot of vehicles that you can take to help you get there depending on where you're starting from and they're i think they're all good i i celebrate them all is there any connection for you towards traditional religion or is it spirituality being a whole different different breed i started as um a christian I, my whole life went to Catholic school. Even my college was a Catholic college, but I, from a very young age, probably, um, when I was like 10 or so around like middle school age, I loved God and I felt so connected to something more. I didn't really actually, I remember praying being as like six years old. I remember praying like at night, um, in like in my bed in in my childhood room, I haven't had that memory in a long time, but that just dropped in. So that, that was nice. Um, but actually my dad used to, I, I, I was the only, um, really practicing, religious one in my house growing up. And my dad would drop me off and pick me up from church on Sunday. (laughs) And he would like get annoyed if I wanted to go to the church that was on the other side of town. (laughs) But sometimes I wanted to go there. And cause I liked that church too. And I liked the one that was close to us. And church was always like, it was just always something I was drawn to. And it was always something I enjoyed. I went to like a non-denominational kind of Christian church, but there was a lot of things within the Christian church that um, I just didn't, I couldn't get on board with. I just, they, it didn't feel true to me. And I remember specifically driving I was probably 22, 23 at this point, And I wasn't really practicing Christian or Catholic or anything or spiritual at that point. 
but I always, I, I always knew there was like, there was more, I just didn't really know how, um, to understand it or like what that was. And I remember driving, I was at the stoplight right before my house and I, the, my church that I would occasionally go to was on my right. It was another just Christian non-denominational church in St. Louis. And I was like, there's got to be something else. I didn't know what spirituality was. I didn't understand it. I didn't know it was an option. Honestly, spirituality is kind of demonized in Christianity and in Catholicism um, because it's not like structured. <laughs> I mean, God forbid you just love God without having like a, a formal structure and plan and um, in book written about it. So you know, fast forward a few years to this part of my life. That is why I was so curious. That is what was like, I was so excited when I heard my old roommate, Lauren, talking about Jesus and talking about God and angels in the universe and in this such this like holistic way. I was like, wait, because I knew she was like into tarot and crystals and these other things that I've kind of always been told were not um, like, yeah, just like not good, like kind of like demonized. And I was like, wait, you, you love God. Wait, you, you, like, you know about Jesus. I was like, wait, I don't understand this. And that was all the opening that I needed to just be like, okay, I gotta see what's here. I'm so interested to explore this. And now here we are. It's my whole life. Once again, my whole life, because it did, it used to be my whole life, but in a different way when I was younger. So it's almost like a full circle. Mm -hmm. It was, it was like, we were there, but we knew kind of something was, was missing. Then we, we really didn't do anything religiously or spiritually for like five years. And now it's like, whoo, we really, really shot up. And this feels the most the most true, the most aligned, the highest vibrating that I've ever been. Yeah. Well, way. It's a beautiful place that you're in, it seems, you know, it's, I mean, do you, do you feel good overall? You know, do you feel like you're, yeah. you're on target? I have a, I call it a, um, for my course, it's a pre-course peacefulness assessment. And it has things like it's on a scale of one to 10. It has things like I feel happy every day, or I feel anxious every day, or I experience these emotions every day, or I feel like I am whole, complete and on my, on my right path. And I definitely could not have answered those, um, with any kind of high rating as far as like the happiness and the peace and in in etc like that even just a few years ago but i was actually thinking today while i was cleaning i was like i'm happy every day i feel peaceful every day i don't feel anxiety every day i do feel like i'm whole and complete and on my right path i'm like going through the assessment in my head <laughs> so yeah, I really I do love where I'm at. I'm very happy with and just very proud of myself for 
for, I call it your, the, the sacred. Yes. is just saying yes to the way that life. And when I say life, it's like a capital L life. I say life in place of God most of the time, because God has a very specific image for most people that detracts from what I'm actually trying to say. So I just kind of bypass that and say life or the universe or being, which many spiritual teachers do because it's a very common experience, especially Eckhart Tolle. He almost never says God. He, his most common word is being with a capital B. Um, but yeah, I'm just so proud of myself for continuing to follow my intuition, even when I had no idea what I was going to be doing with my life. I, when I got fired from the hospital, I was like, I, you know, I went and worked at a med spa for a while. I did home health for a couple of years, but I just kept following my next most intelligent step. And it, I literally could not have imagined, um, this life for myself, which is what I think most people usually say. Absolutely. But if you were to try and describe your fire in the belly in one or two words, what, what would they be? Hmm. Well, I didn't even consciously think about this, but what dropped in was keep going. Awesome. Keep going. Hmm. It, it doesn't matter how you keep going because the way will be shown when you're in action just keep going. You don't need to know the what, I mean, you don't need to know the how you just need to know the what just go. Beautiful. So tell us where can people learn more about you? Find out more, look at your courses. Yes. You down, my website, you yes. My website is katherinesuzanne.com. My name is spelled a little interestingly. My mom had fun with that. It's K A T H a R Y N Catherine Suzanne, which was my mom's name. S U Z A N N E.com. My Instagram is Catherine underscore Suzanne. And yeah, drop me a line, send me a message. I am happy to support in any way that I can happy to answer any questions, anything like that. Beautiful. Your final message you'd like to leave with our listeners. I feel like keep going is a good one. I, I, I think, yeah, just keep going. You don't know. You don't need to know how you're going to get there. You don't know, need to know where you're going to go. Just follow the expansiveness, follow the lightness one step at a time. That's all it ever is, is one step at a time. Beautiful. Catherine, I thank you so much for coming on. I thank you for sharing. Yeah, and uh, it's been it's been a pleasure to, to listen to you and, and see where you're going and your connections are well done you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Till the next time. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guests taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, oh boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that the people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon, and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons, and successes. So, all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly, and be the mightiest version of you.